The following program is a podcast1.com production. Discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. All right. Did I give the phone number? No. Okay. 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Tonight our guest is David Johansson, who is uh, otherwise known as Buster Poindexter. Correct. Uh, Buster, or uh, David, it's an interesting story. He's a guy, Buster Poindexter is a uh, character that most people know. He got a MTV Music Award about ten years back. He had that hot, hot, hot song. He was on Saturday Night Live for a couple of seasons in movies like uh, Married to the Mob and uh, Scrooged is uh, where I remember him from. You see that with uh, Bill Murray? No, you don't watch anything, dude. No. Pretty popular movie. Car 54. Uh, which didn't fare quite as well as uh, Scrooged and uh, Married to the Mob, but uh, still the guy's done some uh, fairly substantial acting work. He was uh, with the New York Dolls, or started them, you know, like an old punk band many, many years ago, way before it was in vogue, and then sort of uh, reinvented himself into the uh, lounge singing Buster Poindexter. Is, is that about right? Correct. Yeah. I don't know about lounge, but yeah, what's lounge? Well, you play a lounge. I play a lounge? <laughs> I play joints, like bucket of blood joints, usually. But, I mean, it, it has a fairly broad definition, lounge singer, meaning a guy who leads a band but isn't playing a guitar the whole time. Right. And uh, puts together a bit of an orchestra rather than uh, just a three or four piece right. band. Lots of horns, lots of yeah, uh, backup a, singers. Yeah, I got a lot of people in my band. They just kind of showed up like uh, one at a time, and before I knew it, it was out of control. What do you uh, now? You're getting into the whole uh, Latin thing, and we'll uh, talk a little about Spanish Rocket Ship, which is his latest CD. It's going to be at the uh, House of Blues tomorrow night. And let me give you my uh, honest take on this. I've never seen Buster Poindexter live and in concert. I've uh, heard the music. I was just listening to the Spanish Rocket Ship CD. And to me, this is a can't-miss situation. You go into a club. It's not, a nece- not necessarily a big club. It's not like an amphitheater or anything. And then you got about 20 horns. I mean, there's really like one horn for every three people that are in the club. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a great mixture. And then a bunch of uh, percussion guys. A bunch of percussion guys, a couple of backup singers. Uh, David's wearing a uh, suit, and uh, he's just playing a bunch of stuff, and you start a Roomba line. That's all. Is that about Is yeah. that about size it up? Yeah. There's a lot of mayhem, merriment, and frolic involved. <laughs> is that the same as frolic? It's like Yiddish frolicking. Yeah, frolic. <laughs> uh, so what am I, if I missed anything in your career? In, in a merchant of Ventus. Oh, it is? Is, is Freylock is? What about Frolic? Is that the same thing? No. Like the Frolic around? I'm trying to be funny. Well, Freylock uh, is uh, a Yiddish word for uh, having fun. Oh, okay. I didn't Making know. Freylock. Right. Yeah. All right. So like whoopee. All right. We're, we're going to uh, grind this to a halt if we keep working on the uh, thesaurus here. Let's just move let, on. Let me, let me the change interview. the subject what? real quick here. Uh, and you notice our staff, our crack staff? You see, can you even see them? No, they're all reclined. It's like they're on uh, Virgin Atlantic or uh, Rick, something going... Uh, the, the guys that are responsible for our incredible chairs brought Ann and Mike chairs. Rick from uh, Trinity Office Furniture. And uh, 
They've gone to sleep. Yeah. I, I've never seen Mike's ass so excited. <laughs> you know, Mike only lives two blocks from the studio. He's not and, He's not gone home. No, you know what I said he's going to do? The chair's got wheels. He's going <laughs> to scoot himself across the parking lot, and then he'll just dump himself onto a sofa, yes. and then he'll have to have an assistant help him off the sofa and back into the chair, and then he can go ahead and push himself back across the parking lot and into the studio when it comes time to work. Right. I'd, I'd yell at you, but I can't reach the microphone from this position. Uh, if there are technical problems in the show, forget it. And I'm never talking to Ann again because she's never going to be awake. During this well, show. when Mike learns to work the dump button with his feet, uh, I think the show will be back How on. How nice is that, though? They, they, I mean, there was a little tension developing between the two of us and them by virtue of the quality of our seating apparatus. Yeah. Now David's the only one who's pissed off because he's still sitting in the West folding with, chair. None uh, chairs. Oh, boy. You want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So, um, again, we want to thank uh, the folks over at uh, Trinity Office Furniture. And we... And uh, what, Julie? What? Julie Kaminsky, and of course, we put a curse on uh, all those associated with Westwood, too. All right, I'm sorry for that little uh, chair plug break, David. Uh, perfectly all right. No. I, I think chairs are probably one of the greatest inventions uh, yeah. man has made. I would have liked to have met the inventor of the chair, uh, Bob, uh, whatever. I don't know if his name was, uh, probably didn't even have a name. That's, I would have named it after myself. Maybe his name was like uh, uh, Bob Barker Lounge or something. Uh, so anyway, David, you start off in New York many years ago. You got this sort of punk band thing going. Yeah. And then it was like pre-punk. Right. What, yeah. what they year? called it punk late in, in retrospect. We're talking about mid-70s? Well, the band started, yeah, like 73, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the dolls you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And when did you reinvent yourself or take on this well, alter then, ego? Um, I was... Uh, after the Dolls broke up, I was uh, I, I, w I went out as David Johansson. I had a rock band, and uh, I sat in a van for uh, about six years, mm -hmm. about three hundred days a year. Right. And then uh, there was a little joint in my neighborhood, and I went down there and started singing uh, with a small group, you know, piano, drums, right. guitar, and. Uh, and I was just going to do it for, like, you know, a fun for, like, four Mondays, you know. And then it just, like, caught on really big. And uh, I started making as much money, you know, walking to work as I was in that van. Right. Hence, I got a life, you know, because I was home again. And, mm -hmm. you know, I got married and this and that, and, you know. I, I had no life, really, before. Is that, that when Buster Poindexter started to come in? Yeah. I started doing this Buster Poindexter thing. And then you got the... Which uh, is a larger... name. You know, it's like Simply Red. It's like, you know, it's just like a, like a band name kind of a thing, Buster Poindexter. But know? like when you were on Saturday Night Live, you are David Johansson. I think I was Buster Poindexter. David Johansson is Buster Poindexter kind of a deal. Uh-huh. And did you play... Uh, I'm trying to remember <laughs> what parts you played. I mean, did you play like no, a I gay sang. nurse or anything? I sang. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Right. You didn't. You weren't doing sketches. No, nah, I was a spear carrier in one sketch. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that one. That was amazing work. Yeah. Drew, and Drew and I were talking about that yeah. just the other night. All right, uh, let's go to the phones and speak to Melissa's twenty. Melissa. Hi. Hey. Um. Okay. I'm gonna give you a little spiel on my problem. Um. Okay. Like, I guess it was this weekend that it happened. Um, I had sex with this guy, and he pretty much disgusted me, and I've liked this girl for a while now. Why did he disgust you? 
Well, okay, I had a girlfriend a few years ago, but I never, I've never had sex with a girl. It disgusted me just for the fact that I didn't enjoy it. Was there something about the guy? No, I mean, the guy was fine. I mean, I've known him for a while. He's really, really nice. He's really, really cute. But you just I just didn't it. enjoy what happened. All right. You had a girlfriend, but you never had sex with her. I've never had sex with a girl, no. How, um, how was it your girlfriend, then? Huh? I mean... Well, we were, we were together, together. I mean, we were like... You know, we had a relationship and everything, but we never actually got to the point of having sex. But How you... big a commitment is lesbian sex? You what know you what I'm saying? Well, you're with somebody. Mm -hmm. They're like your girlfriend. It's like any other sex. Eh, a little less committal. Oh, come on. I think gay sex is a much larger commitment. Uh, but I'm, male... just, I'm just like wondering what's wrong with me. Why, why is it when I have sex with a guy, it disgusts me? I mean... Well, well, you're using some strong language. It disgusts you. Uh, so, there may be some early gambling going yeah, on here. we're about here. ready to put a buck down here. All right, hold on, Melissa. Okay. All right. David, do you have any money on you? You got a sure, dollar? I'm you only need a dollar. I'm loaded for bear. All right. Uh, put a buck down. I know your uh, guy's probably no stranger to gambling. Uh-oh, Drew. Come on, put a buck in for me, Drew, you bastard. Thank you. All right, here's the situation. Here's what we do on this show. Mm -hmm. We gamble on callers pass. Right. Not uh, what's going on now, not what went on last week, but right. uh, the environment. Right. What uh, what made them the way they are? Well, either she's Irish or it's her father. <laughs> what about uh, her father? You're going with dad. Well, it's you know it's 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 rare that you meet an Irish girl who's not a lesbian. But um, what I was trying to say is going to be the name of the next CD. Uh, you know, if like men disgust her, disgust her, uh, you know, disgusting to her, it's probably uh, some kind of uh, omen, you know, from her past with her relationship with her father. Because uh -huh. let's face it, you know, if uh, if a, if a woman finds a man disgusting, who's the man that uh, the primary man sets the agenda as far as all men are concerned? What did Dad do? Do you think? What did he do? Perhaps uh, he was cold and distant. Perhaps okay. he was cruel. Huh? Perhaps All he right, was... Well, let's give yeah, him cruel. See, yeah, but when you gamble, you can't go, perhaps it'll land on red, oh, perhaps so you want it'll me to land pick, on black. Oh, I have to yeah, place a bet. Pick, place a bet. And, and I'm the one who... No, uh, we'll picks. all do it. Oh, I, I see. Okay. You just piped up first. Well, uh, I'd say the old man was... Uh, didn't do his job. Oh, boy, way too much gray area there, well, David. Yeah, just a distant dad. That's right. All right, emotionally distant. Emotionally distant. Perhaps he took off when she was okay. a kid. Okay, right, that's solid. I'm going to go right for the um, sexual abuse. Okay, I'm going to go for... Not uh, necessarily at the hands of dad. Okay, I'm going to go for a chaotic home environment, uh, uh, you know, flashed, exposed to a man by around the age of eight. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. Raped at 14. Oh, raped. Oh, boy. Melissa? Yeah. What do we got here? I guess I owe you a dollar. You owe me one? Yeah. What What happened? Well, no, you. Yeah, you don't owe me anything, but what happened? Um, my real father, like, well, him and my mom got divorced when I was really, really young, when I was like four, and I he like doesn't even talk to me. He doesn't even care about me. Mm. But, like my stepfather, he did. Hold on, hold on, there, Buster. Keep going. Wait, what happened, Melissa? Mm -hmm. Keep Keep going. What happened then? What happened? Is that that that's what you're saying that the dad is just not available? Well, the dad that's not available. I mean, did he, something happen to you? He like would hit her, and so they got divorced or whatever. And right. he, I haven't really talked to him since I was like six. Okay. Um, but my stepfather, who was my mom with, 
is what's now sexually abused me. See, you're quick think, to go um, for the pie. I, I was, we were talking biology, yeah, biological give him, father. Give him, I think. give him Elise's money back. <clears throat> I said sexually abused by not necessarily the back. father. Oh, I see. So we all break even here. No, Adam earns a dollar. What are you talking about? All right, we'll give, all right, we'll give uh, Buster a buck. We'll Drew, take the buck you gave right. to me originally, and I make the symbolic dollar. All right. All right, so th- your stepfather then did this to you. Here we are again with the moms bringing in the predators. It's just such yeah. an incredible pattern. Let me tell you pattern. something. You know, I knew a girl who was like, when I was about, I don't know, 17, 18, I met her, and uh, we didn't have a sexual relationship. But she was like my best friend, you know, female friend that you know, you know, you know that kind right. of a friend when you have mm-hmm. a girlfriend mm-hmm. who, but you don't have a sexual relationship with, and you go through various, uh, you know, sexual relationships with different women, but and she does with men, but you still remain friends. You know that kind of a friend. Right, That's a great thing to sure. have. Right, she, uh, I loved her very much as as a friend and. Uh, she had been sexually abused by her stepfather when she was a child. Mm-hmm. Her father was like, you know, her real father was like, uh, she used to say he was a railroad man. I don't know. Gone. You know, he yeah. was gone. So um, this guy sexually abused her. She went on in life to, like, drink a lot, smoke a lot. I mean, a lot. Okay? Right. And uh, she never really dealt with this problem on a... a you know, therapeutic way. Therapeutic way, yeah. which I think is really important. Anyway, she's no longer with us. She didn't kill herself, but she died of like an enlarged heart or something from alcohol and from tobacco. the abuse yeah. that she put right. on herself. And you understand why people do that. They they have to find ways to manage this horribly unpleasant affect that they carry around all right. the time. She rarely spoke about it. You know, she For mentioned sure. it to me in like confidence at yeah. one time and I knew about it but I didn't like bring it up a lot because it was too unpleasant right she carried it around but this is why i want uh these predators you know this is why they disgust me so much and i want no mercy for them because the guys who perpetrate these things because you know if some guy um you know i don't know takes a shot at you while you're driving your car even if the thing hits you in the arm when it's healed it's It's healed yeah Uh, but when you screw with a five-year-old or 14 year old or 11 year old uh, that's it it's alcohol it's bad relationships it's uh trauma it's you know it's chaos their entire life oftentimes and i I think the worst thing about it is okay me and my parents we got into a really really big fight one night and i made my stepdad tell my mom Uh. so my mom knew about it she found out about it, and, you know, she came to me, and she was like, you know, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, and it's, I know it's not my fault, you know? It's her fault. Then, Sorry. But, but, uh, she, he's still there. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's very she common. about it. And she unfortunately, it's a real common part of the syndrome to be extremely angry with mom for not... Uh, for her not protecting you from this predator. Good. Fact, she brought him in. I know. And for in fact, listen, I want these look, women you know, held accountable for bringing the guys into the house. Mom was probably abused too by her dad. Of That's course. Gross, you, know, so. you know, the important, the important thing I, I think is the deed is done. But now, you, you have to start to live in the solution. And by living in the solution, you have to get professional help and work through this thing. Otherwise. You're just gonna be miserable. And, and let's 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 affirm for her that it's no surprise she'd be disgusted by men, and that it's okay that she has same-sex feelings. And that might be her uh, refuge for the moment, uh, and it may be ultimately her ultimate solution, frankly. But in the meantime, she has to find ways to sort these feelings out. 
in a in a therapeutic way. Right. Yeah, okay. Probably, preferably with a female therapist. Possibly. <laughs> Paul. Hello. You're 24. What's going on? How's it going? Good. Okay, I got uh, one favorite old question. All right. Uh, here's the thing I want you to do. I'm going to give you a little back pass here. Um, I have a friend. Okay, and he's he got about two years ago. He was dating a girl. Okay, and then he found another girl, and he was dating her for another year. So he was basically have two girls in the same time. And then uh, he's a uh, Albanian, okay. And all their family had like arranged marriages. So his dad, is, you gotta go, you gotta go to Albania, you gotta go to Albania to find a wife. So he went to Albania. He saw this girl, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So they liked each other. And about two weeks after that, you know, he had about uh, two months to break it off with these girls. He didn't do it, and uh, he got married to this girl. The girl came back to America, and now he's married to this girl. Now before. After they got married, you know, his girlfriend he still had, he kept he kept her, you know. And now she's pregnant. She just had a baby about two weeks ago. Uh -huh. What's your question for us? Well, what I want you guys to do is, you still got that fart thing? That fart thing, the girl farts in your head or something like that? Yeah, we're uh, working on that. Why? Okay, I want you to do me a favor, and I'm going to do you a favor, okay? <laughs> I want you, you guys, no one else, I want you guys to do this. I don't care if you do it off there or on there. All right, but you guys deal with these these uh, faggots, dykes, relationships all over the time. So you know, you guys like professionally stuff of things. And I think you <laughs> what the hell is Paul talking about? Hold on, I'm going to talk to Paul for a second. Hey, Paul, wow. what the hell are you talking about, you idiot? Uh, relax, Adam. Relax, okay. You listen to me, okay? I want you to call this girl now, his girlfriend now. No, I'm not calling this girlfriend now. What the hell are you talking about? Wants to marry a nice virgin woman. <laughs> Was it just completely bogus? I guess. You know, it seemed uh, like there were some elements of truth in there. Or either that or this man is just uh, diabolical. Anyway, hold on. Uh, is Paul gone? Hey, Paul. Yeah. Hang on for about another hour and a half, all right? Okay. <laughs> Mason. It's me. Hey, you're 19. What's happening? Yeah, I got a question about, um, uh, I'm pretty well built as it is right now. Good. But... I want to get bigger and stronger, and I was thinking about taking steroids. Why? He wants to get bigger and stronger. I know, right? but why is that important to be that much bigger and stronger? I why don't it just work out? Uh, it's always been, I could, just kind of a dream of mine is to be big and strong, I guess. Well, right. uh, it's big, big, big and strong and dead. <laughs> Certainly a possibility. And, but before you, before you die, your penis shrivels up. That's right. Uh, here's what happens. Um, you... Uh, your testes will eventually shrink. Your sperm production can shut down. Your erectile function can be permanently altered. Uh, liver disease, kidney disease, strokes, heart attacks. Uh, these are all the... And that makes those guys really mad. And, uh, and mood disturbances. I've, I've seen a couple people kill themselves with this. Uh, the, the depressions that develop after people come down from anabolic steroids. And some people use it and they're okay. I can't say that a single use or how much use. We have no idea. But the point, the, the message is... These things were never meant to be taken by otherwise healthy young people. They could only do you harm. All right, so uh, get over it and uh, get in touch with the part of you that wants to be big and uh, muscular. They have all these shakes. They have all these shakes you can drink in the back of the muscle magazines. Yeah, you're into that scene, oh, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, man. <laughs> Forget about it. When uh, when David's not drinking or smoking, he's drinking one of those protein shakes. <laughs> yeah, with my right hand, I can lift a Volkswagen. With my left hand, I can hardly get a cup of tea to my mouth. <laughs> Jeremiah. Um, hi. Hey, you're 14. What's going on? Um, well, I heard Dr. Drew a couple nights ago um, saying that the effects of, like, smoking pot were 
uh, like chronic bronchitis. One of the effects, yeah. And um, I was thinking, too uh, much, what but if you ate the pot? You can eat it. Uh, the problem that people have with eating it is that it's difficult to control the dose. It takes about 30 minutes to an hour. Well, you just play it safe and put more in to come on. And 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 the the amount the the uh, levels that are achieved tend to be rather high. Uh, so in other words, people get yeah. more into the system that way over, over and it sustains for a longer period of time. But th- that's an interesting point uh, that um, I'm sure I thought about it once, but I was stoned. The most of the I don't want to say, don't jump in if I'm wrong here, Drew, but a lot of the beef that a lot of the physicians have with marijuana is the smoking aspect of it. I mean, you know, they're always talking about uh, smoking, a, you know, marijuana joints equivalent to X amount of cigarettes and so on may and I so respond, forth. May I respond? All right. That it's the neurologic effects that are the primary concern. I mean, yes, there are some well, people you, that you point gotta out Well, you pick your battles then, because uh, you can't, when someone says, what's wrong with marijuana, and you work the... the uh, uh, I'll put, I usually talk about the pulmonary and the neurologic effects. Those mm, are the two I talk about. Right, but you're cutting the pulmonary one out of there. Uh, yeah, you can. But you, right. But well. you make the neurologic ones worse. Mm, you think so? Yeah. Higher doses over longer periods of time. Yeah, that makes it worse. Uh, well, I don't know if it's higher doses over longer it, periods it, of time. Because well, you, maybe you eat like, like a brownie, and then you know you you hang out for four hours, and you fall asleep, as opposed to having five bong loads or something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you got to try one of those brownies one of these times, Drew. I'm telling you, that's living. All right. Of course, uh, I don't encourage any of the kids to do anything like this. So, David, I'm sure you've um, ingested your uh, fair share of marijuana in your day. Yeah, but, you know, like all this stuff, you know, like if you smoke a joint once in a while, you know, what the hell. But if you're smoking pot all the time, you're not going to accomplish much in life. That is true. Then this is the, That's this is very the, succinct. Yeah, thank you. Because that, that summarizes my position on the Well, it's, it's, it's the bottom line is, is uh, like anything, like booze, uh, weed, uh, any kind of drugs, or uh, hell, even donuts. Um, show me a guy eats a, a carton of donuts every day. I'm going to show you a guy who doesn't do that much. Watches a lot of TV and uh, has a nice job as an overnight security guard somewhere. I mean, too much anything is, means you're not doing enough of what you should be doing. And right. it's it, it's a balance. You know, especially like when you're a kid, uh, you smoke pot, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, wow, you know, nothing else. All this uh, stuff you're supposed to be going through, adolescence or whatever you want to call it. Doesn't it, happen. Doesn't happen. Right. And then uh, if you live or if you stay out of jail or whatever the hell you know when you come to it's like you got a lot of catching up to do hey this guy is uh playing your song drew yes he yeah is. here's what the deal out of town when you're uh shut up yeah well, i've been around the block two or three times <laughs> I, I should say um yeah, what what uh, David's saying is something that we've said for a while, which is when you're 16, 14, 15, 16, 17, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to be a little unhappy, a little uh, insecure, and a little, little challenged. And the deal is, is you break out of that. But if you just uh, have a joint, have a bungalow, and then sit back and enjoy the ride, uh, you're going to be 22 and still living at home, working on that GED. All right, we'll uh, come back. I think we'll uh, hear something off of uh, Spanish rocket ship at some point this evening and uh, talk more to uh, Buster, David. If not tonight, tomorrow night. Oh, yes, over at the House of Blues. Oh, you're right. I'm starting to itch. All right, everybody. True Car, you know how much I love these guys and their app. I spend uh, a lot of time on it. And it's a way to see exactly what's going on in your area. Pick a car, learn about the cars, and see what people are paying for the very car, the exact car you want. You know, there was previous ways to buy cars. You went and hang out on a lot. 
Now technology evolves, everything evolves, buying cars evolves. It advances. It makes sense that there's a new and better way to buy a car. Well, that's now called TrueCar. The TrueCar app, it's special, unique. Their certified dealer network is unsurpassed. They partnered with over 10,000 TrueCar certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. It's hassle-free. It's easy. It's fun. Use the TrueCar app. You can get guaranteed savings. TrueCar certified dealers will honor the savings that are guaranteed and locked in at TrueCar on your TrueCar app. It is that simple. TrueCar and TrueCar certified dealers. And using TrueCar certified dealers, you will save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. No headaches, no hassle. It's fun. And if you don't even want to buy a car, you just want to learn about it, check out the app. Two million cars sold through TrueCar certified dealer network, and you will work directly with the certified dealer contact. It is easy. It's evolved. It's technology. It's made simple. It's about time. Hi, this is Harry Connick Jr., and welcome back to Loveline. Hey, yes. Phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. David Johansson, otherwise known as Buster Poindexter, is here tonight. You can find him and uh, the rest of his Spaniards over at uh, the House of Blues tomorrow night, putting on a uh, big-time mm, Latin rhythm what what is it is, is, is it all going to be a Latin riff? Or are you going to yeah. do you do like the hot 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 song? Yeah, and well, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, people get pissed. That's why I wish I was a singer. I do the same joke twice, and everyone's pissed off. Hey, I heard that last week. Well, on a radio, yeah, but you could do the same joke in a nightclub every night. Yeah, I guess so. But somebody I'm, might be the waiter might have heard it a second time. Yes, yes, I I have um, I hold myself to a very high standard. But if you don't do hot hot hot. Yeah. They're going to be pissed. Yeah, I guess. And that's good. Although, I mean, you know, sometimes I think maybe I just won't do it and see what happens, but then no. I'm checking out. <laughs> no, don't do it. But you're going to do it tomorrow night at the House of Blues. I, I was watching this uh, new show last night on uh, Comedy Central Town Hall with uh, Richard Belzer. It's kind of like... Yeah, I saw the last correct. 10 seconds of that when I got but home. But the Dr. Katz guy was really good. He said, you know, they were talking about cloning, and he was saying... He would love to have a clone because how much ass can one man kiss? <laughs> he needs help. It's certainly in this business it would help. All right, we're going to hear something off a Spanish rocket ship. Now, what is this? Uh, how do you pronounce this uh, first track here, Buster? Undine. Ah. It's it's uh, from Greek mythology. Oh, yeah, Drew, you must be familiar with Undine. Nope. No, what it's is from it? Paracelsus. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Well, the song tells the rest of the story. All right. Well, here it is. Undine. Ah, off of Spanish rocket ship, that was uh, Undine? Undine. Yes, from uh, Buster Poindexter or uh, David Johansson. Drew uh, paid <coughs> David uh, the ultimate compliment, and uh, David didn't even know it came and went. <laughs> But after doing the show with Drew for two years and seeing uh, bands that uh, are on the, uh, you know, Billboard's Top 20 uh, selling out uh, stadiums and, and whatnot, coming through here for two years, uh, this is the first time I heard him say, and it was right in the middle of the song, he said to David, um, you got any extra of these CDs, uh, around? <laughs> David didn't look up. He just went, uh, yeah, there's probably some back there. <laughs> Drew, have you ever uh, requested that? Uh, not a long time. No? Not a long time. I can't even remember the last time. So uh, take that as a huge compliment. Okay, I will. 
Ah, at the House of Blues tomorrow night. And uh, the beauty of it is, too, is you will hear it laid down about that way. Am I right? There's not going to be a 15-minute guitar solo in the middle where someone smashes a no, uh, maybe like or a, maybe like a kunga solo or a timbali solo. Right. I'm going to do a timbali solo when I get home later. We have <laughs> three percussionists. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, you can just let them go and... How many, uh, well, you can't communicate with them. They don't speak a word of English. So once they, they get going. They communicate through the drums. That's the beauty of it. That's uh, how they speak. It's how, a, how many folks you have uh, all together? On stage, I think there's about 15 people. Uh, you have all the horns. Yeah, we have horns. We have uh, a guy who plays the quattro and uh, piano and accordion and four gals and... Uh, and do the gals have their uh, dance steps all in unison and everything? No, we're like really mangy. <laughs> we're like uh, we're like a, a bowling club that gets together and plays music, you know. And but like one of these. I'll tell you, it's got. I mean, we pl we're, we're yeah. all great musicians, but we're not into that kind of uh, synchronized dancing. All right, it ain't the OJs. Fair no. enough. A uh, Woody. Yeah, Woody's here. You're twenty, Woody. Yep. What's going on? Well. See, there's this girl I like, and I like her a real lot. All right, I've told her about this on accident, and it kind of scared her. But I don't know if I should tell her again that I love her, or if I should just wait and see what happens. First, turn your radio down. Turn off the radio, you goob. How long you been with her? That's a good ploy, by the way. The next time somebody uh, asks me to do something, Wait I'm just going to put the phone and go, "Hey, come on, hey, I told you twice." <laughs> well, I've been with, I've known her for about two months, and we've been going together for about two, three weeks now. And what was it you said to her initially? Um, well, I was, we were messing around, and I accidentally, uh, it slipped. I, I said, I love you. And uh, she's like, what? All right, well, that the could freak somebody out. cat is out of the bag. It, it could freak somebody out two weeks into it, I would think. I, I would, I would kind of lay back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's it certainly. Um, well, I, I actually I, the don't over suspect, don't right? overcompensate and try to give her the cold shoulder no. and you know reclaim your no, no, masculinity no, no. somehow. <laughs> I'm just saying he ought to uh, not overwhelm her with all this uh, affect, all this stuff. I like you clingy. a lot. Yeah. I like you a lot is good. He, right. You know, a good relationship is two people coming in as separate, complete human beings and sharing time together, not one person uh, sort of draping themselves over the other real quickly. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and you do that thing, too, where if it slips out and it's uncomfortable, you say, you know, I, I love you. And if there's a long pause, you say, but I love my dog and I love the Steelers. And you start, uh, I love my car. And you, you start try to put it in perspective uh, for her. That's a way of backpedaling, Woody. You didn't do anything like that? Um, yeah, actually, I did. I kind of like, I started freaking out myself. Okay. But here's the deal. Here's what I think. Wait, can I ask something? Yeah. How did she respond when you said this? That's a decent question. What'd she say, Woody? Well, she kind of was like... Did she say, ew? And then, and then she turned around, and that night she kind of told me that she felt the same way, but right. it wasn't love yet. All right. All right. All right. So That's she's sort of bawled. You're yeah. in good shape. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. But just to take it easy a little bit. I, you know, loving somebody at two weeks is a suspect feeling. 
Right. Maybe. Unless they're on TV, because then you can start your relationship <laughs> from the time that you've started seeing them on you TV. You start your infatuation. Like, you if really I ever meet that, that uh, Adrian Barbeau, oh boy. I think it's only going to take about ten days before I pronounce my love for her because of all the years. You know, she has a restraining order. Yeah, oh yeah. Don't kid. All right. So, uh, and also, what, subject. what I was going to say is that it solves itself a little bit because if she can't handle it, either she's not somebody who's capable of it, right. or she's not into Woody. Right. But, uh, or. Because uh, if she's just coming on him, to him. Or it's him. He's right. too, too clingy and too much too fast. But, uh, you know, it sounds like this is in, it's working. All right. We're going to form a conga line, and we'll be back. Tis the season to go shopping. Click on Amazon and we get paid. What's that supposed to mean? All right, we're probably not going to get a Grammy for that little ditty. You're damn right. But it is true. You know you're going to be shopping Amazon this holiday season, right? And we know that if you use the Amazon link on the homepage of this little old podcast, Amazon will throw a few coins our way to help keep the lights on and pay for what we do to make the show. So you get all the cool stuff you want without ever leaving the house. And we get to keep doing the show for you. You see, everybody wins. I'm happy, I'm happy. Happy holidays, whichever ones you're celebrating. From the dreidel-spinning, Kwanzaa-hat-wearing stocking stuffers right here at PodcastOne.com. Oh, yes. Score. He got the Buster Poindexter CD. Spanish rocket ship. Drew, you're going to be listening to that instead of opera for a change. Yeah. That's going to be good for you. All right, phone number for Loveline. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. David Johansson is here tonight. You can find um, his alter ego, Buster Poindexter, and uh, the rest of the band at the House of Blues tomorrow night. Still tickets. Uh, what time you figure you're going to go on go out on stage? I believe it's. I may be wrong, but I believe it's about ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long do you play? About an hour and a half. It just uh, seems like. Uh, this seems like a good time to me. Yeah. I wish we could go to yeah, that Yeah, likewise. Melina. 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 Okay. What's going on? You're 19. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing this guy kind of off and on. It's not serious. It's, it's not like my boyfriend. It's just this guy I'm seeing. And on Saturday, we were talking about just stuff. Stuff. And we were talking about going home for the holidays. We are both going to school. And he said they have to go home for this court date. And I was like, so what is it? You know, what are you in court for? And he was like, I'm not going to tell you. So I said, you know, is it that bad? And he said, yeah, it's that bad. And I'm thinking, you know what, is this guy, you know, how bad is it? And then he made this kind of joke, well, it's, you know, aggravated assault and rape. And I gave him this, oh. you know, it's not, that's not funny. Don't joke about that. And he was like, oh, don't worry. It's not, um, he said, it's not violent. And I'm thinking, should I just, you know, ditch the guy now? Is one of those passive rapes? <laughs> I, I would think if it were something, I mean, why isn't he remorseful about this? Why isn't he worried about it? Why isn't he concerned about how you feel about it? Right. You know, if it's something that he just dismisses as, oh, it's just that, you know what, that I, that's accusing me of things, that's a little worrisome. Right? Well, if, if, it's a, if it's aggravated assault and rape, he may be worried about not coming back. Mm -hmm. Does he have plans of coming back? As far as I know, he has plans of coming back, and I have no clue what it is. And also, some background on this. I am, 
I don't exactly trust them to begin with. We aren't serious because I don't really want to be in a serious relationship with them. Like one time we were talking and I said, you know, I've got to go. It was on the phone. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going out with to a movie. He said, who with? And I was another guy. Not a big deal. We aren't dating seriously. And then the next night he called me around 9 o'clock and he didn't have anything to say. It was like a a 15-second conversation. He was like, oh, I've got to go and do some studying. I was like, why did he call me, you know, at night if he didn't want to talk at all? And I figured he was calling to, like, see if I was home. So I'm thinking... I'm trying to figure out why you need to call us to sort these things out. You've you've got your story straight. You know he's a creep. He's got a very strange situation. He's not reassuring to you. He's not... uh, You're not serious about it. You're not not that interested. He's doing this bizarre behavior. He's not explaining himself. Wait till he why? cuts you before you break things yeah, why, off. Why uh, are you hanging in with this? Usually a guy will cut somebody first before they actually come back and murder him. I, have two, I really want to know those two things. A, why are you hanging in? Why? Um, I guess because I, I want to be with somebody. I, I don't really want to be by myself. Okay, so you'll take Boy, anything you, not to be alone. Why don't you just marry a guy in prison? You'll take anything not to be alone. Is it, why are you so insecure? Because um, I'd never really had any boyfriends all through high school. Why? For the most part, I think I was too picky. I, mm-hmm. I never, there weren't many guys that I ever liked. No, oh, I don't want to bet again. Yeah, I used to say I was too picky, too. <laughs> Tell I got a little therapy. What, what else do you think uh, might be impacting on your pickiness? Or your uh, lack of a lack of connection with a man? There's a picking impactment here, girl? <laughs> impactment? You're, is your picking impaired at all? I've, not that I know of. Um, I... I tend to be really picky about everything from clothes to food, and it's like every... All right, well, why yeah, is it so... Hold on, yeah, she's so picky, she's dating a felon. Right. I am so picky, I will only date the best of the best uh, date rapists. Yeah. I have such high standards right. for the folks I date. I'm only going to go out with guys with minimal prison records. Or certainly guys who haven't been convicted, just guys that have uh, pending court dates. Oh, please. Well, Are you there? Yes. So like two months ago, I said, you know, I've, I've got to just start dating somebody. I'm never, ever going to have a boyfriend. All right, well, uh, go back to being, there's sort of an intermediate range here. Uh, use your judgment. Uh, don't push guys away, but still use that piece of judgment that you have and uh, let it function for you. Okay. All right? And, uh, we're all pretty clear that this is not the right one for you. Yeah. All right. Just, uh, David's showing it through body language, but uh, I think he's... Uh, that is my, uh, David. David's uh, body language is... is, is uh, Indicative of my second question is, why are you calling us? Um, why can't you do this on your own? Well, I talked to some people, and I know if I called my parents that they would freak out. Yeah, but you don't, you don't really need to talk to anybody. I mean, you, you don't have to bounce this one off a friend or off a family member yeah. or off a couple strangers on the radio. And or why don't you have more friends that are more meaningfully close to you, more connected with you? Um, I don't have that many friends right See, now, really. Uh, I... Right. You got to work on. The, you can't develop as a human without close relationships with other humans. You can't. Okay. And so work on some friendships, and maybe out of those will grow into some into some more meaningful uh, sort of male female relationships. Okay. Okay. All right, you're fine. We're going to empower you. Okay. Puppy socialization. Are you heavy at all? No, I'm. I'm actually kind of. Like, really? Like underweight. All right, now I'm really disgusted because this kind of uh, social uh, ostracization should not happen to uh, people that are underweight. She's doing it to herself, though. But what drives her to do it? Well, we could have bet, but we didn't. Okay. I, 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 you know, that skinniness could have an eating disorder attached to it. Mm, I suspect that's what's there. Very interesting. But 
Hold you on, said real. you were picky about eating. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an eating disorder, Melina? An eating thing? No, it's Melina, and I don't. I actually, I eat a lot. I always have eaten a lot. I eat large amounts of food. Mm-hmm. And, and you have a right good metabolism. Yeah, I have a, a very fast metabolism. You don't throw it up after you eat a lot? No, I don't throw okay. it up at all. All right. Listen, you're fine. Don't date are this you, guy. Find some you, friends. Are you, like, from someplace no, other than going. the Los Angeles area? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Where are, are you, you calling are from? Are you here to go to school, or do you live no, here? I'm, I'm calling from Chicago. Oh, you're calling from Chicago. And yeah. are you from Chicago? No, I'm actually from mid, um, a small town in the Midwest. And what Illinois. year are you in? Hmm? What year are you in at school? I'm a sophomore. And where? Well, a sophomore. You should have some friends by now. Absolutely. Are you just totally... No, wait a minute. Hold on. Just because uh, Buster caught a second wind 10 minutes into the call doesn't mean we're going going on all night with this call. You're fine. Let's keep going. Find some friends. Move on. That's all. Mark. Yeah. You're 24. Yeah, I am. Hey, doesn't uh, David Johansson look like Elton John right now? Yeah. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. With the hair down and the uh, reading glasses on. Usually they say I look like David Eisenhower. <laughs> well, you got to put the glasses and have the when the uh, I'll tell you when the pomp falls, it it, it makes a thud. <laughs> You'll be wearing it up. <laughs> My process took a recess. <laughs> You'll be wearing it up tomorrow night, though, won't you? I hope not. <laughs> Mark, I can't yeah. believe it. What's going on? Um, when I have sex, my girlfriend. She, like, passes out. Mm-hmm. Is she arousable or is she completely unconscious? Uh, no. Well, she's unconscious until I shake her. And how long That's she... arousable, right? Yeah. How long does she stay out for? Uh, I don't know. Um, ten seconds. How long would she be out if you didn't arouse her? If what? If you didn't shake her, how long would she be down for, you think? Oh, I don't know. I'm sh- shaking her every time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And does she say this has happened in the past? Down for ten seconds. I could squeeze in one more while she was out. <laughs> Did she say this has happened in the past? Um, she said, oh, no, she, she didn't say anything like that, no. Does she understand this, that something weird is happening? Um, actually, it's me that's more weird than she is. She, do you talk to her about it? Yeah. And what does she say? Well, she says she just, she doesn't remember anything. She just, like, fall, she just, like, falls asleep. And does she have any history? Not that we know. All right. Well, she needs to be evaluated. There, there, you know, there can be all sorts of phenomena that can cause this low blood pressure, low heart rate, seizure disorders, uh, most of which are benign and are just the result of the autonomic outflow that comes in the response. To How long do you have sex it, before she goes down? There's I her, her narcolepsy, which leads to his necrolepsy. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's sleep. I think she's actually going unconscious. Okay, Mark. Yeah. How far into the um, into the uh, festivities is this? Um, after my my orgasm. Mm-hmm. Could it? Could he put forth some sort of venom, uh, perhaps, through that knocks that renders her unconscious? Well, there's his, the scorpion syndrome. His snake could spew some venom uh, somehow, or is there uh, some sort of um, uh, a f- y- you know what I mean? The cobra, the cobra experience. I'll tell you what, uh, Mark. Yeah. Uh, I want you to masturbate into a uh, towel and uh, put it over your face and see if you pass out. <laughs> I just, I just want to check the content of uh, of your manhood. Yeah. All okay. right. Have her checked out, please. Yeah, okay. she could have a tumor or something, right? She could have a tumor. She could have heart block. She could have lots of different things. But we've that. heard this one before. Heard this one before. It can happen to be totally benign. It be part of a vasovagal reaction, a swooning. You know, people pass out. When right. They, it's like know. when Frank Sinatra used to bang exactly. people. Exactly. Right. They'd swoon. 
or just, or just come out on yeah, stage, yeah. right? Right. You ever, I, wonder if, I wonder if he had this effect on any other woman. Um, I'm guessing no. I'm not going to ask him because we got to go to break. You, you ever have any swooning going on at the uh, at the shows, David? Any women passing out? Uh, we did a show at Annapolis once, and uh, the sailors were swooning. <laughs> They're going pretty good. Yeah. The wax. All right, uh, we'll be back with Buster Poindexter after this. So, you want to hear what Heather Dubrow and some of the Real Housewives of the OC say when they're not on camera? We are going to find out once and for all, does Brooks have cancer? And I think you all want to know if the reports are true that all the girls on the show are banding together and refusing to film with Vicky to push her off the show. Heather Dubrow's World, where you can hear all the things you'll never see on TV. I think the audience has a bullshit meter, and when it starts going up, they don't want to watch. Right. Download Heather Dubrow's World now at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey, it is uh, Loveline. I'm Corolla. Dr. Drew over there. David Johansson, otherwise known as Buster Poindexter, is our guest tonight. And we will be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline. Radio Station. 98 KUPD, Tempe, Phoenix. All right, Loveline, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Buster Poindexter is here, has himself a uh, CD called Spanish Rocket Ship. We'll hear something else off that as the night wears on. You can find him at the uh, House of Blues out here in uh, Los Angeles. I was going to say California, but uh, I think that <laughs> goes without saying. You know, it's funny about radio. I think I do this sometimes, too. Very little. Oh, I don't do much radio. Oh, no, it's nothing funny about radio. But radio, your idea the idea is to kill a certain amount of time. I mean, TV is more about trying to see what you can squeeze in or squeeze out of, you know, a half hour. Radio is seeing how you can kill four hours every morning if you're doing a morning show or five hours or an afternoon slot or whatever it is. So you realize there's a bunch of sort of redundant uh, chatter that goes on. Like, okay, coming out of Los Angeles, California, the city of lights or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And then there's a lot of that... uh, well, it's uh, 11.02, that's 58 to 12. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that stuff. We don't yeah. do enough of that on this show. It's a shame. i got to pick that up a little bit. It's two past the hour coming up on 12 o'clock. Dr. Drew is board certified physician. All right, back to the phones we go. Elizabeth, you're 15 on the horn. What's two is, uh, what, what station are you listening to us on, Elizabeth? Um, HFS. Oh, HFS, out and uh, coming to us all the way from Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, WHFS. Elizabeth's on the horn. What's going on? It's like a lot of that. Why do they have to say the you know the call letters you, and the you, stations you, uh, and everything? Pull, whenever you pull that crap, my skin crawls. I've been on radio a long time. Long, 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 long time. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I mean I really, technically you have, I mean, I've been but not really. A long time. I've not been involved with it until recently. I've not been committed to it until recently, but... But uh, that kind of stuff makes me just nuts. But it always just seems like such a stroke job when national shows always talk about where the callers coming to, coming from. It, it, look, anything not genuine is a stroke job. Right. Right. So if we're what the the message is the medium. Mm-hmm. If we're not communicating, we should just shut our trap. You're out in D.C. What time's it over there, Elizabeth? Uh, it's about one thirty. One thirty. That's thirty minutes to the hour. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, what's going on? Well, I'm 15, as you already know, and my life has 15, that's five years away from 20. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But my life has been utterly confusing. When I was five, when actually, let's start at three. My mom was killed when I was three. Oh, wow. Um, My father basically denies me till this day. I was molested at the age of five by my grandmother's third husband. Were you living with your grandmother at the time? Yeah. Not anymore, though. My now, mom. Now, I mean, is this is mom's mom? Yeah. The mom was probably wild, what an addict or something. Got in a car accident. Um, no, my mom was actually a very clean-cut woman. Yes, she was a biker chick. Big deal. <laughs> that was my whole family. She was my, one of those yuppie biker uh, Republican none. chicks, and nuns she, you hear about. She was very, you know, level-grounded. I mean, she never did anything out of the ordinary. How, how did she pass away? Um, my father was drinking and driving um, on Christmas Day of '85, and he just he got this bright idea to cut off one of the white on one of the wide load trucks. And as he was doing it, it the bike slammed into the on truck. A bicycle, and, I mean, on a motorcycle. Oh yeah, my god! And it killed my mother instantly. My father's still living. Mm. Oh my god! All right. So here's what Drew was saying, Granny is a little wild with the three husbands, the third being the molester, and uh, God knows uh, what she tossed the first two out for. Uh, Mom is the product of that environment. Mama became uh, a little bit wild, uh, married a alcoholic biker. And died because of that. And died. Essentially, Mom was doomed by being born to, to Grandma. Grandma. And Grandma yeah. continued her... Uh, oh. My whole family's screwed. But I mean, my grandma continued family... to cast her spell on future generations uh, through you. <laughs> right. Well, now that I don't have mom to screw up anymore, God rest her soul, I can just go ahead and uh, have uh, the uh, third installment of, of husbands uh, go ahead and molest my grandchild. And uh, that way she'll be sure to marry some alcoholic biker guy and keep the, uh, you know, the tradition alive. I've really tried to figure out, you know, one of the things I'm thinking about lately is what is it about natural selection? There must be some reason in human evolution that these patterns developed. What could it be? Mm. How could it be protective to, to... to reenact dysfunction through multiple generations. Why does that help human evolution? Because, you know, I think, though, we're, we're in a period of time now which the, the great thing about it is Peace. that people are, are saying the buck stops here. You know what I mean? Um, when I'm not going to carry on this tradition. You know, I'm going to get myself together. together, and I'm not going to pass on this dysfunction to future generations and it's possible i know it's possible in my in my family it was true because my mother's father was uh interesting and um <laughs> she a emotional energy she that. made a conscious decision that she wasn't going to uh continue in that uh vein and she didn't right I mean, it it can be done, but what Certainly. it takes is you have to stop. You have to take a deep breath. You have to realize, okay, what do I want out of life? Do I want to react to everything that's happened to me in my life, or do I want to grab the bull by the horns and be a proactive individual Separate and, person. and choose a good life? Right. So it's it's uh, autopilot or reality. 
or your reality. Reality hurts, too. But there's a lot of that going around. Oh, yes. You know, All right, there's so a lot of, of the, people of the who sort are, of recovery, you mean, who, of, yeah, of sorts, who are, of who are taking advantage of, uh, there's all kinds of stuff, you know. and uh, Well, just about everyone in show business <laughs> has uh, overcome some adversity and is now making a decent living and has the good uh, the decency to have the au pair raise the kids instead of uh, sit around and do it themselves. Right, Elizabeth, <laughs> so what's going on with you? The common okay. decency. What's happening now? <laughs> After I was molested at the age of five by uh, my grandmother's third husband, yeah, uh, yeah. at the age of seven, I was raped uh, by two guys. And basically, I grew up with a drunken, alcoholic grandmother who wouldn't lay a hand on my brother. But yet, if I even looked at her the wrong way, I'd get the ever-living hell beat out of me. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with that for, gee, some, it seemed like forever and a day. Yeah, <laughs> And at the age of 14, I did the most stupidest thing I ever should have, I ever did. Mm. I, this is after I left my family. What, what family? North Carolina. What, in, what, which part of the family did you leave? My grandmother's, my mother's side because. Well, I know, hard to understand why you live, leave the safety of that abusive, violent, sexually uh, dysfunctional environment. I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, of course. I, what, that sounds like a, a great move if you were able to pull it off. Well, wait a minute. Let's, we haven't heard the rest of the move, possibly. <laughs> Um, it, while I was in North Carolina, I had moved from Maryland because my grandmother, I forget the whole thing, but my grandmother just had this whole hoodoo heck thing that she wanted to move. And because of her, my aunt, and my uncle, I had went through a year of just yelling my lungs out. Um, I, I was put in a mental institution because my grandmother didn't want me around, so she told my social worker that I tried to kill myself. She planted um, a marijuana pipe in my jacket, and I pulled it out in school and was expelled from school. I wish my grandma would do that now. (laughs) And I was put in a shelter home for three months for defending myself against my aunt. You mean fighting? Yeah. I mean, I got tired of her hitting me and, like, you know... All right. right, So so where where are you calling from now? Maryland. I had saved. I know, but what? Where in Maryland? What kind of environment? Glen Burnie. Um, the environment is quite nice. I mean, yeah, there's some crime, and yeah, there's some. Yeah, well, who, who, who are you living yourself? with? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's who am I living with? My grandmother's ex-boyfriend. He was a really good friend of the family. Uh, he's never done anything to harm me. Well, on the other hand, uh, the, the, you know, he's the ex because he wasn't abusive enough. Yeah, no, she gave him an ultimatum. Either you start molesting my grandchildren or you're, you're out of here. <laughs> yeah. You either pick up the bottle and start molesting the grandkids or you're going to be out as, as God is my witness. You know, right. for her doctor bills and stuff like that. I mean, uh, he's a very loving and caring man. Uh, well, All right. codependent man, and there may be something up with him. All too. right, but it, it's it's the lesser of a whole yeah. lot of evils yes, at yes. this point. Yeah. All right, let, let me just wrap this up uh, because, uh, boy, we need a uh, team. As I was kidding on the uh, TV show last night, uh, this is a situation where you need a medevac yeah. Uh, not medevac, a uh, medical squad, but the psychologists need to actually be airlifted right. into this hot zone. Guys in dark suits uh, rappelling down from the helicopter. Oh, my God. All right, Elizabeth, you're 15. You've been through, you've been to hell and back already at age 15. Sorry you had your childhood stolen away this way. She sounds... Uh, for someone who's been through what she's been she, through... She feels okay, doesn't she? Well, you know what she has, and, and I think this is what it's going to take to break a lot of this. Uh, David was talking about it earlier on in the call, is 
there has to be some sort of inner spirit at some point in order to stop this because otherwise people are just you know meaning it's all been laid out you've been molested you've been raped you've been effed around with you've been abused you're going to go on and have a life of you know uh, abuse and bad relationships and alcoholism and so forth but sometimes just like i should be collecting welfare right now um by all rights there's a little spark inside people who knows what creates that little spark but they're able to deviate just a little bit from the plan that grandma and mom put them on and deviate from that and go on and have a successful life. And then their kids then get to really enjoy it because they don't have to live with the memories and the pains at le and pain at least firsthand. Uh, so Elizabeth sounds to me like she sort of has that capacity, spark. Capacity for some uh, change, growth and change. Yeah. Right. But, uh, boy, her emotional world's got to be very chaotic and very painful. And boy, you'd open it up a little bit. Vavoom. All right. So stick with every program don't, you can get so, in. Don't be a stripper. Right. Don't try right. to overpower men. Right. Stay, stay in school. Right. Um, uh, what else can we tell you? Uh, stay away from sugar get in recovery, and uh, processed if foods. You, if you have any substance problems. Right. As a matter of fact, I'd get an AA right now. Yeah. Just well, go sure. ahead. Or, yeah. You can get up there and say, I'm Elizabeth, I'm 15, I'm not alcoholic. Is Alan on? But I don't want to be one. Yeah, All right. And if, right. Just, or Alatine, she's 15. I mean, she having been raised in that abusive alcoholic environment, oh, Alatine could be quite useful. All right, Eric. Hi, how you guys doing? Good, you're 36. What's going on? Well, I actually have a question for David Johansson. I wanted to ask him um, about his years with uh, the New York Dolls and uh, ask if there's any chance he's going to get back into that, maybe a sidetrack going back into that kind of a music uh, for a little while, and what the other guys in the band are doing. I, if I remember right, Johnny Thunders passed away quite a number of years ago. Yeah, and... Uh a couple of them passed away. Oh, a couple and, of them. Uh, yeah. So uh, that really scotches my plans for a reunion tour. Well, me and Drew are going to step in. I'll be Johnny Thunder, and uh, and uh, that'll be uh, Brad Lightning, and we'll just move right in, and we'll pick up where they left off. What's your name again? I'm sorry, I missed it. Eric. Eric, yeah. Eric, you know, um, I, I really don't know what I'm going to do uh, down the line. I, I've always been the kind of person, though, who... Uh, doesn't like to repeat things that I've done in the past, you know, so there's lots of kinds of music that uh, turn me on and that I like to explore and... How many how many albums did you put out? I only have two of them. Yeah, there's, there, was, there was two uh, two albums with the dogs. Yeah. I find, though, you know, when I uh, kind of like devour a, a kind of a music and get into it and go back to the roots of it and uh... uh you know, just get filled with it. It kind of like really replenishes me and makes me feel uh, like an artistic life was uh, a good choice. You know, as one, opposed to like slogging. One of the best live albums I've ever heard was uh, "Live It Up." I mean, just great music, great sound to it, and it's a live album, and it's fantastic. Thank you. You know, occasionally I do shows like that with uh, with a guitar band. You know, usually for. Uh, benefits or some kind of special occasion but who knows you well know, hopefully we'll hear some more of that real hard rock and roll again soon it's possible yeah, but we're not going to hear it anytime soon on this show because we're going to play something else okay <laughs> off the uh spanish rocket ship cd terrific all right, thanks for the call eric Thank you. all right well why don't we just go uh right on into that um that was then and uh this is now and this one's called downtown dream <laughs>
trying to time it. Spanish Rocket Ship is the name of the CD. Buster Poindexter is the name of the artist. David Johansson, who is uh, Buster Poindexter, is uh, here with us tonight. And uh, if you would like to see him and the rest of the Spanish Flies, tomorrow, uh, what's the name of the band? The Spanish uh, Astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the band? The uh, Spanish Rocket Ship. Oh, that's the name of the band. Yeah, we, oh. ch we changed our name. We used to be the Banshees of Blue, but now we're the Spanish Rocket Ship Band. Is it a lot of the same guys? Yeah. And uh, but you were you've been doing you know like um, I hate to keep going back to it, but the hot 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 song like ten years ago that was a whole Latin yeah basically the same riff wasn't it yeah that was a Latin song but you know there was a lot of other kinds of uh, music this is all Latin rhythms on this record and you think you're going to continue on this direction I hope so we'll see who bites <laughs> well you certainly I really don't enjoy bite. it. I really enjoy it, you know. Um, I like music that's really rhythmic. Do you have to do any of it in... Uh, I mean, it's sort of that, uh, like a little that Ricky Ricardo stuff, right? Uh, you might say that. Do you do any songs in Spanish? I do some uh, in Spanglish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of like Spanish Ebonics. I learned a little that doing construction, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, abajo! I think that means down. Finally. Hey, Chuck. Yes. What's going on? Finally. All right. Okay. Adam, I wish I had a question for you, but it doesn't concern boobs or, like, farting. Hmm. So. Well, I guess I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> My question's for Drew. Um, okay, like, I'm going to have a baby really soon. Um, my girlfriend and I, we sometimes smoke pot, like, very, like, not often, maybe, like, once every two months or so. While she's pregnant? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, before she was pregnant, we did. But, like, we are just curious if... She was like, were to smoke pot while she was breastfeeding would not have any like effects on the baby. What do you think? What about the secondhand smoke? I mean, blowing it right there well, in the kid's I mean, face. Maybe like when the baby is asleep or oh, oh I be see. around the baby. Though. I understand. No, I didn't get it. Uh, marijuana is very what's called lipophilic. It gets into fat tissue and fat fluids, which milk is, and I'm sure it'd be present in the milk, uh, and it would be potentially quite deleterious to the child. Uh, Although very bad idea, and it will be present for at least a day or two, so she'd have to pump for a couple of days afterwards. Okay, that uh, rolls that up. Not mm. a good idea. How's that pump work, bro? They're various ones. Some of them look like uh, like machines they use on cows. I mean, they're they're the real motorized pumps. Do you have to use that if you're breastfeeding? I mean, like if you're uh, well, if why, you wanna, when do you use that? If you want to uh, save milk, or if you're going to go out to dinner or something, and the, yeah, you yeah, just leave some behind that. when the child uh, needs some. Will you start absorbing the milk if uh, you don't uh, get it out of you? Mm, eventually, but mostly you get painful, swollen. I, I know this is like a... No, keep going. <laughs> I was going to say these things to you. Uh, engorged, swollen, a painful mm, breath. Yes, and... Um, Where's the hole? Uh, do you put a uh, different hole in the breast to get the milk out via the pump, or does that just go right out the end there? Just put a cup on there, and it sucks. And it just I was just like kidding there, Drew. It goes right on the end like a like a bowler? Like a kid. Like an electric kid. Like, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, the bowler? Uh, yeah, hat. Yeah. yeah. Just fits right over. Yeah. Do they have different sizes? I don't know. Probably it has to be some adjustability. Hmm... All right, so it sucks it out, then through the nipple, and then into, like, a reservoir? Exactly. And then you can save that? Yes. Well, what about, what do you think about that uh, um, uh, potion? What do they call that stuff? Formula? Yeah. It's good. Yeah? Yeah. Just as good? 
Mm, not just as good. Breast milk has fairly clearly been shown to be better, uh, both in terms of the completeteness of the nutrition and the antibodies and things that are given to the child through the mom. You know, uh, what I mean, I'm breastfeed gonna... is a hard. You know, mm. only one of our three breastfed with at all, really. One of the three kids. Yeah, and the other why? Two. They just first of all, three of them. Is there, there's a big, you know, big commotion always in our house, but uh, they don't take to it. It's really Sometimes. hard to get a kid to take to the breast. You know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I don't have any kids, but when I do, I'm going to uh, because I'm uh, going to be such a meticulous parent. I'm going to force my wife to not only breastfeed, but I will have her drink and subsist on nothing but formula. Ah, for that year, good. So that it is nothing but the purest of the pure you coming out of the breast. Like Where are you going to get this wife? You going to get mail order? She's job? coming. Yeah. <laughs> what country? UPS. Is she come from. <laughs> you know, it's, I, the whole strike held things up. I should have had her. They still think I'll have her by Christmas. Drew, is that a good idea? No. What should a woman be eating? Is it all right to eat hamburgers? Yeah. It is? Well, I mean, eat anything watch, you want? Watch your cholesterol, yeah. I mean, it depends if multiples or not. And no. when, what phase of the... What? How long do you breastfeed for? A year? Yeah, if you can. Wow. And, and how many times a day? I don't remember. A That's lot. I feel, yeah, a lot. Every few oh, hours. Boy. You have kids? No. You want kids? I see women breastfeeding all over the place, though. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I got magazines that have it. Yeah, oh, jeez. Like breastfeeding magazines? Yeah, they, don't, they call it... Uh, what do they call it? They call it, like, uh, bra yeah. magic and stuff like bra that. Bra magic? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have those magazines. I should, why do I listen to you? I don't know why you listen to me. All right. Lactating magazines you have? <laughs> Milk and maids and stuff it's like, like that. It's like you're my man in the field. You're my man <laughs> out there in the world. i got to figure I've out what's seen, going on I've out there. I've seen Apartment House Wrestling magazine, <laughs> but I've never seen that. All right, Drew, why don't you sell the hell out of the next call, please? Uh, Derek wants to know, he's been on hold for like 100 minutes, wants to know uh, how he can tell if he has the genetic potential for alcoholism. All right. Hi, this is Nancy Sinatra, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Yes. This is a... This is what... Is Nancy called in with that little problem? Nancy Sinatra? Yeah. With her dad? I don't know what it was about. I can't remember. That is uh, David Johansson, otherwise known as Buster Poindexter, who you can find at the House of Blues tomorrow night out here in Los Angeles, because there is a uh, few of them. And uh, I've not had the chance to go to any of them other than the one here in L.A. And it's a real nice venue. Drew, you've been uh, to the House of Blues? Yes, I've been there. Oh, you have? K-Rock had its Christmas party there four years ago. Oh, so it was a mandate. Yeah. I see. I, I knew you certainly didn't go there. And, was it uh, a Christmas party? You didn't. You weren't there for the electric flag reunion show. No, no. Derek. Yeah. You're 22. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, What's going uh, on? Uh, first, Adam, about that farting thing. I really want to see that thing materialize. I really do too. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me. Five hundred bucks. I'll put it up because I want. I want to see that. She. She deserves a fart in the face. But well, I agree. no, 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 no. Let <sighs> me. Let me explain what went on because uh, uh, many, many are taking this out of context and then and then becoming upset by it. I'll explain it to our guest. Oh, did you get some feedback at the station today? Mm, I had people who who, who I thought think of as uh, more uh, amoral, and more deviant, yes. and more repugnant than I uh, snub their nose at me and say, "Oh boy, grow up." <laughs> Well, there's a lot of farting going on at the mother station at K Rock this morning, and that sort of got us into ah. this. But uh, I'll I'll tell uh, Buster and David about this. Um, a girl called in last night. I'll tell both of you about this. 
A girl called in last night, and she said, uh, I'm thinking about doing some nudity on the Internet. I'm 19. My boyfriend doesn't want me to do it. I don't particularly want to do it either. I, I find it a little bit demeaning. But hey, 500 bucks is 500 bucks. As a sort of example, I said, well, you know, you'll do anything for 500 bucks? Yeah, well, why don't you come over here and let me fart on your head for 500 bucks? Trying to make an example of uh, you shouldn't do things that are demeaning uh, for 500 bucks was my later point once uh, I decided this was a good idea. Uh, once you tried to, ju to justify it. It was, one of those, it was one of those ideas that first started just as an example. Like right. if Tommy jumped off the bridge, I suppose you would, and then you'd right. go, yeah, maybe I should jump off the bridge. So I decided, well, if she wants the 500 bucks, why doesn't she just let me fart on her? And then she wouldn't have to do the, uh, you know, Internet thing. And she'd get over me farting on her, and, you know, she'd take a shower, she'd get a little therapy, and she'd be right over it. All right, so Derek did a thousand dollars worth of therapy and a shower <laughs> for five hundred bucks. Derek, yeah. All right, so you think this is a brilliant idea? Yeah, I do, and I think that Melina chick they called earlier. She needs a fart in the face too. If she can't realize that she's in a bad situation too. All right. Okay, okay but <laughs> there's I'm just my not enough gas to go around. Well, I, think... I got plenty. All right, Derek. <laughs> okay. Uh, now my question is: uh, I have a lot of heavy drinkers in my family. Yeah. And this worries me because, you know, I like my beer. Ah. I've been drinking it since, you know, probably since I was 11. Uh-huh. Having, like, at least a beer a week. Uh. And what, what does it do for you? Well. Hold I, on a second. Wow. Oh, that was good. I was going to well, tell David to stop the origami in front of the mic, but he just, <laughs> he just set the thing down. That's fine. I, I, the thing is, I don't drink to get drunk. Yeah, what does it do for you? Well, I guess it's more like an escape. I've always seen my dad, you know, when I was younger, he'd come home from work pop open a brew, you know, and that's the way you'd relax. So but this is what being grown up is? This is how you manage your feelings? Well, yeah. Okay. That's, All right. It, it All right. me because I, I don't, you know, want to become a washed-up alcoholic. Any other, any other drugs you use? Um, I've experimented in the past, but it, drugs are really none. No uh, momentum. No momentum with anything. Yeah. Uh, were you kind of hyper as a child? Um, yeah, kind of. Were you very perfectionistic? Did you have to do things real perfectly? Uh, yeah, it was kind of, you know... Do you feel like you have to be yeah. the best alcoholic no, you no, can be? No, no, hold on. What, what, what would you do if you couldn't be, if you, like, let's say you were going to uh, do a report or build a sandcastle or something, what would happen if you couldn't make it perfect? Yeah, if I, if I thought that I couldn't make it perfect, yeah. I wouldn't even try. You Or what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't even attempt. How about that. at school? Did you procrastinate a lot? Oh, boy, Gerard. I'm just going through the things that are sort of characteristic of... Uh, All right, the guy's got whatever it is you said he had. Well, but he doesn't relate to alcohol in the way that typically uh, I would suspect someone would. I mean, it, it's suspicious, Derek. Do you have self-loathing and a huge ego? No, that's not necessarily part of it. I mean, coming from an alcoholic family, you get that, though. But, uh, you know, it, 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 this uh, features are suspicious, and certainly you have a behavioral model there. Okay. that would uh, cause you to develop uh, a relationship with alcohol, but usually people that are going to be alcoholic have a pretty substantial reaction to it. They they get a lot out of it. They have a lot of anxiety reduction, a fair amount of euphoria. They they really do get a good deal of escape from that drug, biologically. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure you're getting that. I, it's just all a suspicious situation, but I can't say that you definitely have it. I, I believe a day will come within 10 years that we'll be able to just check the gene in, in somebody's office. Uh, and oh, really? You know, oh, yeah. Whether or not you'll have the, the, a high likelihood of the, of the biology. And if they have it, we just put them down right there? 
You know, it's funny when the, when this uh, genetic uh, these genetic discoveries were being made, there immediately were discussions about what why not testing in utero and aborting babies with this genetic makeup. And what stuff. we'd have no more. Well, what, what if we'd have no more babies? What if alcoholism is just like what we call it on this planet? Wonder if it's really some much bigger, like some hey, look, malevolent spirit that what if it's what if it's latches a, on to some what people? What if it's a benevolent uh, evolutionary advantage? that happens to develop into a side process, a disease, if it comes into contact with these pharmacological agents that man has created. Right. But without these agents, we have, we're creating humans who are but, evolving I mean, to a higher booze, level. They had booze in the cave, right? But mm, no, that, 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 you know, when, when they actually, just hit themselves with a club to get that's right. That, that's right. When, Didn't and, they ferment things, though? I mean, I mean that's a, a long fairly time. early a long time discovery. Time. But, but the fact is, though, that, uh, you know, environments where humans don't re have access to alcohol, particularly distilled spirits, alcoholics probably survive better than non-alcoholics, particularly in, in extreme adversity. David, mm -hmm. you're no uh, stranger to the grape, uh, are you? Uh, I've, I've tipped a few in my day. Hmm. All right. Hold on. Pick me up, Drew. All right. I'm back on my chair. Ajax. Yes. You're 23. Yes. Actually, I want to say God bless uh, Billy Mercia, Jerry Nolan, and the god of all guitar players, Mr. Johnny Thunders. Ex-New York Dolls. Yeah. Right. And I want to say hello to uh, Mr. David Johansson and let him know that he does not realize what he means to the world of punk rock and roll music and what he has done for my life and my career and my music. Hmm. And um, I just wanted to see how you've been and how you're doing. I'm doing pretty pretty good, man. Thank you very much. You what? rock and, and you rule. What's and going on with your career, Ajax? Actually, uh, you know, we're setting up a tour for my band this uh, summer. Uh, Ajax and the Scrubbing Bubbles? No, we're called oh. the Napoleon Blown Aparts. <laughs> and I waited. I waited on this phone forever. I think I almost fell asleep. Well, let me tell you something. When uh, Napoleon and the Blonapartes are in here, because Paul Revere and the Raiders can't make it one night, <laughs> you will not be waiting on hold, my friend. You'll be treated like a king, just like all our guests, right, well, David? That's right. Oh, uh, that's right. Total access to the uh, vending machines. Flush here. <laughs> I have a, a, a gift, actually. If I don't know how I would get it to him, but I would really like to send a copy of our record. That way he knows what he's done, um, the impact he's had on uh, younger bands, to uh, Mr. Johansson. What What do you do in the band, Ajax? I play guitar and sing. Uh-huh. And uh, what, what is the song? Uh, what's the name of a song or two that you're working on? Uh, well, it's already done, actually. Well, give us the one that's going to be a hit. Uh, I would say actually it was a cover. We do a cover of a Stone, old Stones album, uh, song called Two Thousand Man. Hmm. Actually, we kind of punk out uh, Ace Frehley's version. Ace Frehley has a ver has a cover of Two Thousand Man. Yeah, he did it. Uh, it was on a on an album when I was a kid off the Dynasty record. It was the album. So, are you going to come out with a CD? Oh, it's done already. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, we're setting up a tour for next summer. All right. Well, um, so, and I really would like to get a copy to Mr. Johansson, but I don't know how. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put you on hold Great. because we have to go to break right now. Great. David's a little too important to come to the phone himself, but he'll certainly put one of his flunkies on it. He'll take uh, the address, or they'll give him some sort of uh, fan club uh, address or uh, internet something or other, and you can send it to that, and then David will use it as a coaster. No, he'll listen to it because um, he, he remembers what it was like to be a young upstart musician and wants to give everyone a chance. Right, Buster? 
Absolutely. Kids. It's Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is uh, Dr. Drew. David Johansson is here tonight. Who uh, also is known uh, by the handle Buster Poindexter. And uh, you can find him and uh, them tomorrow night at the House of Blues. All right. Brian. Yeah. You're 17. Yes, I am. What's going on? Hey, Adam, if you. I just punched it. Is that me, Mike? Yeah, you got to put you got to put them on hold because no telling what they're gonna. Oh, I do see. all the things. And then says. I hit the dump button. No, eh, whichever. Yeah. yeah. So I did it. Okay, now uh, the light's still off on the thing because that's like boot up. Yeah, I see. What do we have? Like a seven-second delay on this show? Ten, Ten seconds? seconds? Oh boy! Boy, that's extra profanity. All right. You want to start talking to him again? Yeah. All right. Hey, Brian. Yeah. All right. Had to make sure it worked. All righty. Uh, Drew, I got a question for you. Yeah. All right. My friends want me to try acid. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's really acid. It's like micro dots. Yeah, it's acid. I, I think he may just wipe his ass with a little piece of tissue paper and wants you to put it on his stone. I once had a guy uh, snort baking soda. Nice. Really? Yeah. Cool. Chris? No, this is another guy in Palm Springs a long time ago. David, you ever had uh, any of your friends do any drugs that weren't actually drugs? Probably when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. Had him, like, um, smoke some oregano or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Brian, who wants you to do this? Oh, my friend. Don't do it. i got to tell you something. Uh, that is the one drug that I'm so frightened my kids will get exposed to because it, it can change the configuration of your brain. But I mean, like, how does it screw you up? Well, one of the theories is that the brain learns to make complex interconnections between the cells by following a chemical called glutamate. That may be one of the things that happens when you learn is that the glutamate gets released by one cell and attracts another cell over and they make a new connection. Basically, what acid does is disconnect all those connections. Oh, I see. And it does it in areas of the brain that are responsible for very primitive aspects of your functioning, like your mood and your personality and things. And well, here's all you need I, to I know. Mean, you spend a whole life raising a child that can be undone. We know, talk you know, to people all night long, and if you talk to someone who's done acid more than X amount of times, you can always hear it. And they just don't fire correctly. I mean, think about... And what, no one knows what that X number is. That's right, the scary but, part. But, you know, you take things like speech... For granted. Yeah. And think about what a delicate balance it is. You, you know what I mean? I mean, you're a car accident away from not being able to form a sentence. You're a uh, bad drug trip away or whatever away yeah. from... It trigger schizophrenia, too. Well, it's like, yeah, see, people can have psychotic episodes, but all, all I mean... You know, I, I deal every day with people who have lifelong, severe mood disturbances from LSD. Mm -hmm. All right. Carrie. Hello. Hey, you're 19. How are you guys doing today? You've already forgotten Carrie? Yeah, the, uh, forgotten me. He, the uh, fart sponge. There you go. Right. You go. Okay, one thing I'd like to say. Are you training at all for this? Uh, is there any kind of preparation going wait, on? Feel, wait, wait, wait. Now, fill everybody in here. Now, this is Carrie, the one who's agreed to let me fart on her for $500. From Tucson. <laughs> from Tucson. Although she has to provide her own transportation out yeah. here. And like I, I wanted to say, you know, um, my boyfriend agrees completely to it. 
It does. He'd much rather me do this. Of course, he was a little bit jealous, but you yeah, don't have that. It is sort of cheating. It is. It is. If you really think about it, you know, your ass, my face. Right. Yeah. There's a little bit, you know. Yeah. There's, there's an intimacy there, is that what you're saying? I'll tell you. If uh, I, don't worry about that, Carrie. If uh, <laughs> one of my truss buckles breaks, uh, you're going to have a whole uh, lot, <laughs> lot of scrotum on you. Hey, I'll tell you. There. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you supposed to wear towels or something? Didn't you say that last night? Um, yes. I said I would wear a pair of uh, shorts. Oh, uh, Like jockey shorts. No, no, I'll wear like a boxer short. I'm glad we decided that you were actually going to wear something and we weren't going to do this naked. Because... I'm, I'm also going to see if the Post people can sponsor me, the uh, makers of uh, shredded wheat and uh, grape nuts, because this is, this is my fuel food. Right. Little right. Nutrigain. Uh, I take some wheat germ. I sprinkle it over. Only I know the right amount. And then the golden raisins. All right. Well, I defend <laughs> about you. About a half hour before before the show. Carrie's here this to defend you. a brilliant it. idea. I do, too. We've got a lot of people out there in Tucson that I can at least tell you that are definitely appreciating it. Well, and radio stations are publishing it, you know. Well, anything I can do to help the kids, first off. And secondly, what a utopia we would be living in if every woman that thought about it. We need to be demeaned. And demeaning herself by exploiting herself with pornography now, the idea, or nudity yeah, let me, let me would just let me fart on them, would just, just listen to my ass. Let me point something out here that, that you know, the, really the subconscious intent that women have in going out and being strippers or posing nude is to render men powerless and uh, have control over them. And so really, if you really think about who is powerless and demeaned in this whole exploit, mm -hmm. it's the men. It's Adam. Oh, really? I think I mean, so. just think of the image for a second. Me farting on somebody? I uh, I think that's a victory. I think I think Adam's being a little bit demeaned there. That's what that's my point. You know, I mean, but he does a wonderful job on the air. He, you know, you well, hear, I don't go too far. Wait, Carrie, wait, hang on now. Please. You can hear all of his gas. You know, that's a good thing. Uh, all right. You're not sitting in this room with so, the door closed. Uh, let me ask Engineer. Yeah, you'll be in here, Drew. And uh, we'll put a velvet rope around the proceedings so you don't get involved. <laughs> Uh, Engineer Mike, have you uh, learned anything about FCC regulations? Because I don't want to pay the 500 myself. Uh, hold on. David, uh, can we put you down for a bid? Please. I'm really going to call on the celebrities. I'm going to call on some of my Hollywood Not friends. I don't want to see this. I don't even want to hear it on the radio. Oh, come on. This is an event. This is a spectacle. Engineer Mike, do you know anything about the ramifications here as far as the FCC goes? Because I know I can't just willy-nilly collect money. I think we have to start a carry fart fund or something like that. I know what that. we can do. Let's make T-shirts. And sell those. Yes. This is this is this is uh, spinning out of control. I'd like to do it quite simply this way. And Mike, you tell me how feasible this is. I will put up some money. Uh, I said fifty last night. I'll go seventy-five. Oh my god! And I may even go up to a hundred. I'm going to put Engineer Mike down for uh, twenty bucks. <laughs> I'm going to put. He gets to watch though, right? Yeah, he gets to watch. Okay. I'll put uh, Ann, Sherry, and charge, Lisa collectively down for just, twenty bucks. Charge admission here. Well. Please, Drew, I'm getting to this. I'm putting Drew in for 50 bucks. We should be up around the 175 mark before we even get off the ground. And then I will charge admission to a few select uh, Loveline listeners who, for 10 or 20 bucks, can come down, not only have a picture with Drew and myself and Hobnob uh, with the ladies, but enjoy a complimentary beverage and watch me fart on a listener. This should uh, we should then get enough money to do this. Should, should we not? We don't have to solicit uh, people to send the money in, do okay. we? Okay. 
Okay, but there's one thing I mm. want everybody in America to know. I would not do this for anybody else but you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. You're a special person. And I hope you uh, know the spirit in which me farting on you is intended. Oh, Jesus, you don't know how thrill I am for uh, this day. All right, so... This is the day that we're going to do it. Let, let's... After the holidays. So. And can you uh, look at your calendar and see if we have something after the holidays that's opened up? Karen, I'm going to put you on hold. And uh, find it. let's find a date. Let's let's make a date on this one. All right. We can start getting folks to <laughs> come down. Uh, enthusiasm. What do you think? A $20 donation will get uh, 25 people to come down here? I haven't done the math here. Oh, no, we only have to get 10 or 15 yeah. at, that, uh, yeah. at that price. $20 seems like a fair price? Sure. Okay, we'll do that. David, can I put you down for twenty? No, I can't. Uh -huh. yeah. But I like the complimentary complimentary beverage. It's only sixty cents. <laughs> but you know how they always jack that up. Jerry, hey, hey, you're fifty-four. Yeah, you are officially the oldest Love Line listener. <laughs> Please call in before you uh, get your question in for your prostate explodes. Hey, David. Yeah, Jerry Roach. Hey, Jerry from Laguna. How's it going, man? Good. I was talking to Linda tonight, and and uh, she told me you're on the show, and I should call. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow night. Wonderful. You're going to be uh, at the at the House of Blues. House of Blues. Still tickets available? Uh, Sunset Strip. Blues yeah, I think I think there might be a few tickets left. Hey, it would be great to see you, Jerry. Yeah, it's been a been a long time. You know, I was with Jesse tonight. Remember my little boy? He's he's 19 now. Wow. Where do you know Jerry Roach from? Jerry used to own a club down in. Laguna, I guess, right? Where, where yeah, the Cuckoo's Nest. The Cuckoo's Nest yeah. that I, I used to go down and play his joint. How long ago? Oh, this is what, 15 years ago, Joe? Oh, just maybe 10, 15, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but this wasn't the New York Dolls. No, this was uh, the David Johansson band. Yeah, right. they used to do... Uh, and uh, Jerry introduced me to uh, Blondie Chaplin, who's still my pal. Who's doing real well now? He's playing with the Rolling Stones now. The Rolling who? The Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar with that. I don't know. I don't keep Dr. Drew, you've heard of them, right? Even I have. See. All right, Jerry, so you're going to make the uh, trek out from Laguna? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. You guys can uh, you can give him a backstage pass and oh, everything? Oh, yeah. The I'll look forward to seeing I'm going to take Jesse with me and see how big he got. Wonderful, man. All right, Jerry. Great thank to you. Hear from you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, I suspect a good show tomorrow night. And uh, like I said, with the uh, the percussion, the horns, and uh, David uh, leading the whole thing, just uh, couldn't go wrong. Don't care if you never heard any of the songs. Don't care if you don't like the music. I just think you can't go wrong with that uh, the, that type. And, and how can you make a penny doing that, by the way, when there's 20 people in the band? Well, I won't make a penny tomorrow night. But, you know, uh, eventually... Uh, my mother says if I keep plugging that, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm so obsessed with death. I just want to say this. Okay? <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Oh, good. Before, before the show is over, I just want to pass this on. That <laughs> so I, speak. I have thought about death. You know how these kids think about sex? Right. I'm like that with death. And, uh, you know, every other thought these kids have is sex. Right. With me, it's death. I've thought about death so much that I know exactly how I'm going to die, and I'm going to die like my father died, which was, in his sleep, totally at peace. Oh, really? Yes. Very few people get to die that way. I am not going to be screaming and clawing at the windows Ooh. like the passengers in his bus were. 
<laughs> I like that one. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, see, something's new. Is that an old joke? I think I think it's a Jackie Vernon joke, actually. I'm not sure. Ah, I like that one. Have you never heard that one before? Never. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to... Uh, no, we got to say bye to just a couple of people. Terry? Yeah? You're 28? I am. You've been on hold for over an hour? I have. Uh, we don't have time to get your call tonight, but oh. I wanted to personally greet you as a representative from Loveline and say that we'll be putting you on hold. Maybe get her tomorrow. And that we will get you first tomorrow, or at least in the first two hours. Or we'll try. No, you, you'll have first shot tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get, get a hold of her tomorrow. If she's on the board, we'll get her tomorrow. Oh, okay, Drew. Well, I, I'm Drew, why don't you, go you home. not her? Go home. You're done. I'm fine. That's I'm enough. Done. No, you're done. done. That's enough. Go ahead. That's enough. No. Go home. <laughs> we'll reverse psychology with Drew. <laughs> All right, wait, let me try the real reverse psychology. I, I command that you stay. And right uh, out the rest I'm, of the show. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I like. All right, Karen, putting you on hold. Lisa, talk to Karen. We'll, we'll get her uh, first up uh, tomorrow night. And uh, Joe, you're 15. Yeah. You've been on hold for an hour. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, too, okay? Okay, thanks. All right. Not bad for guys been on hold for an hour. All righty. Thank you. All right. Now we can go to break with a clear conscience. Hey, it's the love line. Spanish. Rocket Ship is the name of the CD. I don't know if Mexico does have a uh, rocket program, actually. Oh, yes. Space program? Oh, they're uh, part of the leading. Spain has a space program. Didn't they send Timothy Leary's ashes into outer space? Well, Spain has, uh, I believe, something called the uh, Aryan Rocket Program or something, but they just sort of lease their land so that other folks can launch their rockets from their land because it's closer to the equator and it, they get out of the atmosphere a little bit easier that way. But I don't think they actually have uh, anything the, like the going program. themselves. They just say... Uh, so you're trying to tell me there is, in fact, not Spanish rocket ships? Mm, I'm not aware. Oh my God. Of, uh, of what that. am I going to do now? But it's a very successful uh, Aryan rocket program <laughs> they have uh, over there, which is in, um, actually it's in, uh, not everyone wants to hear this, but I'm trying to think of this. It's in French Guiana, which is uh, maybe owned by... No, they shoot the uh, rockets from the Canary Islands, I think. All right. We're going to get into this off the air. Or some smart listener will figure it out for but, us. Uh, I didn't even know they had Spanish rocket ships when I made this name so well it doesn't matter it's a good name and it's, it's a good name somebody. and you don't want to say like albanian rocket ship or something you want to say spanish rocket ship right this concludes another podcast one.com program